Hi, this is Steve Durr. Today we're going to read from Exodus chapter 5, but before we do, let's remember where we're at. God has heard the cries of his people Israel and has now sent Moses to Egypt to talk to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and relay God's message to let the people go. And so Moses and his brother Aaron go talk to the elders of Israel, and they explain what God said, and they show the miraculous signs God gave them to use. So now, finally, it's time to talk to the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. So let's begin. Exodus chapter 5. After this presentation to Israel's leaders, Moses and Aaron went and spoke to Pharaoh. They told him, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, Let my people go so they may hold a festival in my honor in the wilderness. Is that so? retorted Pharaoh. And who is the Lord? Why should I listen to him and let Israel go? I don't know the Lord, and I will not let Israel go. But Aaron and Moses persisted. The God of the Hebrews has met with us, they declared. So let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness so we can offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. If we don't, he will kill us with a plague or with a sword. Pharaoh replied, Moses and Aaron, why are you distracting the people from their tasks? Get back to work. Look, there are many of your people in the land, and you are stopping them from their work. That same day, Pharaoh sent this order to the Egyptian slave drivers and the Israelite foremen. Do not supply any more straw for making bricks. Make the people get it themselves, but still require them to make the same number of bricks as before. Don't reduce the quota. They are lazy. That's why they're crying out, let us go and offer sacrifices to our God. Load them down with more work. Make them sweat. That will teach them to listen to lies. So the slave drivers and foremen went out and told the people, this is what Pharaoh says. I will not provide any more straw for you. Go and get it yourselves. Find it wherever you can, but you must produce just as many bricks as before. So the people scattered throughout the land of Egypt in search of stubble, to use as straw. Meanwhile, the Egyptian slave drivers continued to push hard. Meet your daily quota of bricks, just as you did when we provided you with straw, they demanded. Then they whipped the Israelite foremen they had put in charge of the work crews. Why haven't you met your quotas either yesterday or today, they demanded. So, the Israelite foremen went to Pharaoh and pleaded with him. Please don't treat your servants like this, they begged. We are given no straw, but the slave drivers still demand make bricks. We are being beaten, but it isn't our fault. Your own people are to blame. But Pharaoh shouted, you're just lazy, lazy. That's what you're saying. Let us go and offer sacrifices to the Lord. Now get back to work. No straw will be given to you, but you must still produce the full quota of bricks. The Israelite foremen could see that they were in serious trouble when they were told, you must not reduce the number of bricks you make each day. As they left Pharaoh's court, they confronted Moses and Aaron, who were waiting outside for them. The foreman said to them, may the Lord judge and punish you for making us stink before Pharaoh and his officials. You have put a sword into their hands, an excuse to kill us. Then Moses went back to the Lord and protested, Why have you brought all this trouble on your people, Lord? Why did you send me? Ever since I came to Pharaoh as your spokesman, he has been even more brutal to your people, and you have done nothing to rescue them. 
Don't you just hate it when everything seems to go wrong? Moses boldly proclaims that God is calling for the release of his people, Israel. But Pharaoh says, who is this Lord? Why would I take orders from him? I don't know this God. I don't know this God, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let Israel go. You see, in Egypt, Pharaoh was seen as a God and his response reveals that he has the authority. He's the one in charge. He does not recognize God's authority. In other words, Pharaoh is the one who's giving orders. He doesn't take orders. In fact, he sees this all as a ploy to get out of work. And so they need to be taught a lesson. They need to develop good work habits. <laughs> they need to see their hopes crushed. They need to work harder. So Pharaoh orders that the people of Israel must make more bricks and do it without being provided straw. Now, straw was a vital ingredient in making bricks. It held the brick material together. They needed straw, but instead of being it, having it provided for them and brought to them, now they had to go out into the fields and find the straw, bring it back, make the bricks, and on top of all that, they were required to make even more bricks than before. The message is being passed down from Pharaoh to the Egyptian slave drivers, and the slave drivers tell the Israelite foremen who are responsible to organize and lead the slave workers. And so in these more difficult conditions, the people just can't keep up with the quota of bricks required. So the Egyptian slave drivers whipped and beat the Israelite foreman. So the Israelite foreman, they go to Pharaoh, they complain that his orders are too demanding. It physically cannot be accomplished, but Pharaoh will not relent. How dare the people even ask to be released and worship this God of theirs? I'm the only God you need. Now something really interesting happens next. The Israelite foreman confront Moses and his brother Aaron, and they say something kind of shocking. They say, may the Lord judge and punish you, Moses and Aaron, for making us stink before Pharaoh and his officials. You put a sword in their hands, an excuse to kill us. Now, who is it that called Moses to, you know, to go to Egypt? Who is it that told Moses what to say and what to do? Moses was just trying to do what God told him to do. But now the foremen are saying, may that same God who told you that, who gave you those instructions, who gave you those words, who gave you that command, may that same God get you because, you, because you've made things worse for all of us. May God judge you for doing what you did. In other words, you've blown it for all of us. You've done more harm than good. You're going to answer to God for what you've done, <laughs> which if you think about it, is just be faithful to what God has asked him to do. And so here in this moment, Moses is shaken. He lacks the confidence. He lacked the confidence that he could go and be used by God in the first place. But now in this situation, it proves to everyone that he's not the right guy. And so Moses protested to God, why is this happening? Why did you pick me? Why aren't you doing something about this? Moses second guesses his part in this story and God's plan. Why? The circumstances have not improved. In fact, things have gotten worse. Here's the thing that struck me from this passage and this story. Sometimes our personal circumstances and what we are experiencing 
shapes our perception of God's work or lack of work in or through our lives. In other words, when things are going good, we feel like we're on the right path, that God is working, that God's plan is moving forward, we have God's blessing. And when things are going bad, we may assume that God is not there and we are not in the current of his purposes. The foreman saw everything falling apart, things getting worse. Certainly God couldn't get, you know, be behind it all. In fact, God should punish Moses and Aaron for blowing it. Yet here's the thing, God is still there. His plans are still in motion. God isn't surprised even when the circumstances look like he isn't present and working. It can be easy to think God isn't present or his plans are not in motion or his promises must have been misunderstood when things seem to be falling apart. But our circumstances, as valid and significant as they are, as much as God cares for us and what we're going through, these circumstances are not the test to determine if something is God's will or plan or purpose or blessing. For me, my natural instinct is to think that smooth sailing, my success, my comfort is the cue that God is at work and that I'm on the right track. But this story reminds me that God is present in the good times and the bad. God is at work in the highs and the lows. Today for you, is life humming along beautifully for you? I want to tell you, God cares for you, and he is present, and he is working. Is life feeling ugly, or are you feeling hurt? Here's the truth. God cares for you and is present and working. Are you feeling stuck or impatiently waiting for things to happen? God cares for you and is present and working. Maybe you need to be reminded that you are not forgotten. You are not abandoned or out of God's purposes. Maybe you need to recall that God is present, that God sees you, that God cares for you, that he is working. So what if today, when things go good, we just whispered, God is near and working. And when things go bad today, we whisper, God is near and working. How might we find comfort? How might we find hope? How might we find courage and strength? And so today, how is God speaking to you? And what will be your response? Let's pray. God, today, remind us and reveal to us that you care, that you are present, and that you're working, even when our experience may lead us to feel differently. So we honestly bring our hurts, our disappointments, and our pain to you. We joyfully bring our highs, our delights, and our wins to you. And we wait on you with open hearts to continue your work in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day.